President Tsai Ing-wen attended the opening ceremony of an F-16 maintenance center in Taichung on Friday. Besides upgrading Taiwan's existing F-16s to F-16Vs, the repair facility will provide maintenance for the Air Force's newly acquired fleet. The facility was built by Taiwan's state-owned Aerospace Industrial Development Corporation in collaboration with U.S. defense contractor Lockheed Martin. It's all hands on the flashing orb at the opening of a new fighter jet repair center at the AIDC's Shalu facility. President Tsai attended the inauguration ceremony to witness the turn of a new page in Taiwan-U.S. military cooperation. To defend the sovereignty of the Republic of China Taiwan and maintain regional peace and stability, we cannot bow to pressure and must have strong national defense capabilities. This new maintenance center will significantly reduce maintenance time and increase fighter jet availability. The inauguration of our F-16 maintenance center today is the best possible tribute to Taiwan's aerospace industries. The F-16 maintenance center is expected to create more than 600 jobs a year in overall industry value of up to 200 billion NT. Accompanied by the Defense Minister, the Commander of the Air Force, and Lockheed Martin Program Director Paul Scott, President Tsai went on an inspection of the new maintenance hangars. In accordance with a tacit understanding reached by Taiwan and the U.S., the tour was closed off to the media. Those two hangars on both sides of the ceremony stage are assembly lines for upgrading F-16Vs. Our country's collaboration with the manufacturer Lockheed Martin is all above the table, but even so, there are details of the upgrade process that can't be exposed. Therefore, the media and most of the AIDC's employees have been kept out here at a safe social distance. Last December, Lockheed Martin in Taiwan signed a memorandum of cooperation to establish a fighter jet maintenance center. Eight months later, the facility is complete. Taiwan is East Asia's largest user of F-16Ss. The center will upgrade its existing fleet of 142 F-16s and maintain 66 new F-16V Block 7072 aircraft, building up a domestic supply chain and technical talent pool. Months earlier, the AIDC set the ambitious goal of becoming a repair center for the Asia-Pacific region. But little was said of that on opening day. Also raising questions was the matter of the Air Force and its role at the new facility. The repair center's mission is to work closely with the Air Force. With any issue that the Air Force doesn't have the resources to handle, we will be there to lend a helping hand in our role as a civilian organization. Of course, the main driver of this repair facility is the Air Force. The repair center will first do a proper job with our own Air Force fleet. If we can achieve that, then step by step, there's no reason that we cannot strive for international orders. Lockheed Martin is a world-leading arms dealer that rarely grants overseas authorization. The Taichung Repair Center marks a key defense breakthrough for Taiwan, which is ever the more meaningful amid tense cross-strait relations. President Tsai on Wednesday joined the Indo-Pacific Leaders Dialogue, a virtual forum held by the Australian Strategic Policy Institute think tank. Fielding questions from the participants, Tsai reiterated that the people of Taiwan would not accept China's one country, two systems framework and that the future of Taiwan would be decided by its people. The president also said she hoped Beijing would continue to exercise restraint in the region. She expressed her gratitude to Australia for standing with Taiwan and voiced hope for further collaboration in the future. Beijing's formulation of one China is, in essence, one country, two systems. This is not accessible to the people of Taiwan. President Tsai joined the Indo-Pacific Leaders Dialogue session held by teleconference by the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. 
Tsai was asked whether Taiwan was pursuing independence and whether there was room for unification with China. Taiwan, our existence cannot cannot be questioned, none of which have ever been under Beijing's jurisdiction. I also want to emphasize that the future of Taiwan is to be decided by the people of Taiwan. I will continue to uphold four principles in terms of cross-strait relations. That is peace, parity, democracy and dialogue. Tsai said the international community had been closely following China's movements in the region. From the passing of the national security law for Hong Kong to the rise of military activity and provocations in the South China Sea. There continue to be significant concerns over the potential for accidents, given increased military activity in the region. The risk of conflict requires careful management by all the parties concerned. We expect and hope that Beijing will continue to exercise restraints, consistent with their obligations as a major regional power. University of Tasmania lecturer Mark Harrison also spoke in the teleconference. Sharp-eyed viewers noticed the bookcase behind him had a campaign banner of Tsai with lawmaker Freddie Lim. For many, it was a sign that Taiwan was not alone in standing up against Beijing. In a major easing of import restrictions, Taiwan has lifted its ban on U.S. pork containing traces of ractopamine, a feed additive that enhances leanness in meat. Taiwan is also lifting its ban on U.S. beef from cattle older than 30 months. The moves are aimed at removing long-standing roadblocks to free trade talks with Washington. It's the president, vice president and premier, along with the National Security Bureau head and DPP caucus whip Ke Jianming, all filing in for a major press briefing. The president said Taiwan is preparing to ease market restrictions of U.S. pork and beef. On the precondition of protecting the people's health, we will reference scientific evidence and international standards to set a permissible ractopamine level for pork imports. We're also relaxing import rules to permit U.S. beef from cattle over 30 months of age. These measures are in the nation's economic interests, and they are aligned with our overall strategic goals for the future. This time around, our market opening measures do not require legislation. The entirety of the market opening will be accomplished via executive order. Following the announcement, opposition parties accused the DPP of flip-flopping on the issue. The Tsai administration has to apologize to the people. When it was the opposition party, it said one thing. Now that it's in power, it is saying another. This is a classic case of new position, new brain. We did indeed have reservations about the import of beef and pork containing ractopamine. But in July 2012, upon the formulation of international standards, the DPP, which had been in opposition at the time, also revised its position. With regard to this principle, we have not changed our position or retreated. In addition, since 2013, the U.S. has been listed by the World Organization for Animal Health as a country with a negligible risk of mad cow disease. Opposition parties said the market opening would slam Taiwan's pork industry. At the present stage, domestic pork has 90% market share, and it's becoming a more competitive industry all the time. But we will still set up a 10 billion NT fund for the pork industry to ensure that the income of our farmers will not be affected. The president emphasized that the relaxing of import rules was related to Taiwan-U.S. trade developments. Former Presidents Chen Shui-bian and Ma Ying-jeou both promised the U.S. that they would resolve the issue of U.S. beef and pork imports. 
but they were only able to partially deal with the problem. As a result, the Taiwan government's ability to solve problems came under question in the international community. The credibility of our trade negotiations was also questioned. If we are able to take this crucial step on the issue of U.S. pork and cattle, Taiwan will have an important starting point for comprehensive economic cooperation with the U.S. Tsai urged the people to take a bold step forward. In the wake of Tsai's big move, all eyes are on the public for its response. The KMT has met a court defeat in its battle to recover its party assets. The Constitutional Court ruled on Friday that the law used to confiscate KMT's assets is constitutional. That law, called the Act Governing the Settlement of Ill-Gotten Properties by Political Parties and Their Affiliates, was passed in 2016. The KMT filed a legal challenge to that act that same year. Judges ruled that the act does not deprive the KMT of the assets it needs for survival and operational needs, and that neither does the act violate the Constitution's overarching principles of power separation, equality, and proportionality. In response, the KMT blasted the ruling as expected and said Taiwan had lost its judicial independence. Wanhua is one of the oldest parts of Taipei City. It has historic architecture, storied temples, and, perhaps surprisingly, a lively coffee shop scene. The Taipei Culture Foundation is preparing to offer a Wanhua coffee tour. Starting Saturday, guides will give group tours that showcase Wanhua's coffee culture as well as its rich history. Not only will the event spotlight local independent coffee shops, there will also be restaurants that incorporate coffee into dishes like latte-braised pork rice, coffee biscuits, and even coffee pizza. Let's take a look. Sprinkle on toppings such as imported Italian mozzarella and Nutella. Then wrap it up and put the dough inside the wood-fired stone kiln. This kiln was handcrafted by a century-old Italian workshop. After warming the dough for a few minutes, the pizza is ready for a homemade coffee and Nutella syrup. This coffee pizza is the brainchild of Luca Cheng, a native of Wanhua. Four years ago, he opened a Naples pizza restaurant in South Wanhua. This space was the house he grew up in, and originally his grandfather's pharmacy. It's now home to Cura Pizza, which is named after the Italian word for care. Cheng says he wants to use food to bring people closer together. We are on Dongyuan Street, an old street in Taipei. I came back to start a business in 2016 when I was learning to make pizzas in Naples. Besides pizza, there was also coffee. That was a good memory I have from there. So I've turned coffee into a syrup that's poured on top of a savory chocolate pizza. The combination creates a very special taste. This one-of-a-kind creation is just one of the highlights of a coffee tour event that starts in Wanhua on Saturday. Guided tours will take visitors to the neighborhood's culinary hotspots and historic landmarks. The tours will be led by local business owners. Our tour is unique in that it connects the important areas of North, Central and South Wanhua. Besides guided tours, there will also be a series of activities that let visitors delve deep into Wanhua's history and coffee culture. Along Bopilao Historic Block, there will be a series of exhibitions and workshops. Besides retaining our previous guided tours, seminars, and workshops, we have set up a special exhibition about coffee at the Bopiliao Historic Block. In this special exhibition, you will learn how Wanghua's coffee culture sprung up, 
how the coffee trend came about. This will be the second edition of Taipei Culture Foundation's Wanhua Coffee Tour event, which runs from August 29th to November 14th. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Tingshang in Taipei. Fresh watermelon and potato salads are a staple of any backyard cookout. Now a restaurant in Taipei is taking these time-tested classics to a new level. Here, diners can enjoy succulent grilled watermelons or a salad served on squid in mashed potatoes. This hollowed-out rind filled with watermelon balls is the epitome of refreshment. It's especially sweet, as the fruit has been grilled to evaporate some of its water content. Enjoy these smoky morsels with smoked cheese for an elevated BBQ experience. To make this lavish dish, balls of watermelon big and small are scooped out for grilling. They are loaded on a rack and drizzled with olive oil before they are engulfed with flames to concentrate the sweetness. Once fragrant, they are pulled out. Shredded lettuce is topped with onion and cucumber and dressed with a sauce made with the concentrated juice of the watermelon. Veggies are placed in the rind, topped with the watermelon balls and smoked cheese. It's now ready to serve. When we have a barbecue, there are many fruits like pineapple and peach that we grill on the side to be a side dish. They all acquire a smoky flavor and their sweetness increases. This restaurant also offers an octopus salad made with seasonal vegetables. It looks like a garden on top of a layer of potato mash dyed black with squid ink. Due to the pandemic, it's been hard to get a hold of many important ingredients. This dish was made with fruits and vegetables grown locally. There's creative dining and also more traditional options like a calzone stuffed with pulled pork. At the skillful hands of the chef, even classic eats can delight and surprise.